0: This episode. I mean, this, is, uh, this is not the first Charles Darwin. It really? Have I told other podcasts. Charles Darwin? stories? I think you might have just snuck one or two in
1: along the journey. How do you help people change their view on things? How do you shift a perspective? And that's really what the Darwin strategy is. Yeah. So having many arrows in your in your quiver. You want them to feel that they can stand in front of of a, a group and tell a story and know and feel really confident. I think there's a da- little bit of a danger in that sort of story it's all early data driven yeah. approach isn't it yeah yeah welcome to anecdotally speaking a podcast to help you build your
0: business story repertoire hi everybody i'm sean Callahan. and hi everybody i'm mark shank and so sean um it's your turn with the story and what a surprise it's one of your favorite characters from history of all time um Charles Darwin. That's right, Charles Darwin. I mean, this is, uh, this is not the first Charles Darwin. story. Really, have told I told other podcast? Charles Darwin? stories? I think you might have just snuck one or two in along the along the journey.
1: Well, I tell you the reason why this one's popped to mind because when I was doing, you know, the visits, um, I was asked a couple of times uh, when I was visiting people in the US, uh, they were just wanting to know, okay, so how do you help people change their view on things? How do you shift a perspective? And and the first thing that just popped into my mind in this one particular conversation, I said, you know, we really have to take the, the Charles Darwin strategy. And the guy sort of kind of looked at me like, hmm, what do you mean? And I said, well, and, and this is the story, I guess. So you think about Darwin, he's done the, the trip around the world in the Beagle. He gets back in about 1836. And then in 1838, he's, he's, he reads a, an essay on population. And it blows him him away. He immediately, all the things that he's seen in these travels, he has realised is is this sort of competition for, you know, what what species will survive, if you like. You know, he never used the term survival of the fittest or anything like that himself, but he was starting to, you know, that was the penny drop moment for him. It was uh, an essay by Malthus. And anyway, he heads down that direction and then, very soon after that, a guy up in Scotland publishes anonymously a book on evolution. Right? And you don't hear about this that often, but um, and the book was it was fairly much a conjecture. This guy was clearly very, uh, uh, I guess, capable journalist, if you like, who just came up with a cracking story about how species evolved over time. But he didn't have any, he didn't have any evidence for it. Right. It right? so no was
0: in science. It was no, just, no, it was a, just a, it was a good
1: theory. He, he's just <laughs> like a riffing. You know, He's riffing, right? You know, and there's other people, you know, it's in the air if you like this idea of evolution. But he's absolutely, you know, sort of pummeled by the scientists. You know, they just rip him to shreds because, you know, he's got no evidence. And so Darwin sees this and he's gulping, you know, he's sort of going, oh my God, like I've got this
0: idea too. Yeah, Look so he's he's this, got no evidence, and it's kind of counter counter to the prevailing wisdom. That's it, exactly. So then Darwin goes, "Okay,
1: I am going to build my evidence, and and I'm going to do it sort of by looking at farm animals, right? He was very much in this whole agricultural world, and so you know he was into pigeon breeding and dog breeding and sheep and cattle, and 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 he built up lots and lots of stories. And so this is the strategy." Right? If you want to change someone's mind, you're not trying to just give people one story. You need to find yourself a whole range of stories that reinforce it. Because I know Mark and I have had this experience where we've tried to influence someone's mind on something. And you try one story and it just flies right past them. They don't, it, it doesn't stick. And then you tell another story. That's gone. You know, another one to the wicket Keeper. It just sort of zips past them. But then there'll be one story that you tell and the penny will drop for them. And that's really what the Darwin strategy is, is getting your, uh, you know, pockets full of stories so that you can, you know,
0: sort of have one after the other to help people understand what you're going and what you're on about. Yeah, so having many arrows in your in your quiver. Absolutely. Um, just, just having one. Yeah, yeah, that's it.
1: So anyway, that's my little... That was just came out of the conversations I had, and I thought, oh, well, that might be a useful one for our listeners to have in their back pocket, uh, sort of uh, the Darwin strategy. Yeah. Cool. What do you reckon? Cool. Yeah. What do, what do like you like it.
0: about that story, Mark? Well, it's Darwin, so, you know, everyone, pretty much everyone on the planet knows who he is, so uh, it's quite, uh, you know, it kind of has authority, Because because the attachment to Darwin, Mm -hmm. Um, the guy who who got pummeled, yeah, his book, his his riffing on evolution, uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, you, you mentioned his name, right? No, I didn't mention his name because I hadn't had a chance to
1: remind myself of what his name uh-huh. was. So, see, that would be an improvement that, that would to be that story, right? Yep. If I could remember the name of the book. They didn't actually know his name uh, at the time of publication, and, in fact, many, many years later, they still didn't know who it was. But through a bit of investigative sort of activities, they think they know who this fellow was
0: who, who, wrote, the, who wrote this book. Uh, right. A nice piece of conjecture. Yeah. But of course, like he was, he was, sounds like he was, he was, if not on the money, then he was in the right, he was playing the right game. You know, he's in the right. Oh, yeah.
1: No, he was, he was, you know, heading in the right direction. Right. And, and quite antithetical to everyone else that, well, many of the, of the thinkers at the time, especially, you know, with the religious undertone that was happening that was holding a lot of this back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so, yeah, so I think that was uh, one of the things I like about it is that I could kind of imagine Darwin and I threw that bit in about how he gulped, you know, and how yeah. I can I was just throwing myself into how would Darwin see that situation? And I think this is a useful strategy whenever you're telling a story. If you can put yourself into the shoes of the character and, and almost, uh, we'll just say, you know, sort of riff a little bit you, know, you want to go, you don't want to say too much along that, but you sort of give a bit of sense of how they would feel, right yeah. um, and not by saying how oh, they would feel really concerned. instead, I said, you know he gulped, you know, so i'm I'm giving his action that you can infer the feeling, right? That feeling of anxiety of, oh my God, he's going to be gazumped by you know someone else, but then at the same time, seeing just how poorly that person was
0: treated and how, Darwin's worried about being treated similarly. Well, yeah, exactly. You put all that effort in, and uh, you get uh, get shot from the from the parapet. Uh, yeah, that's exactly. that's no fun. No, no, exactly. Um,
1: I think. So, I, I wonder, you know, whether that little preface I did on, you know, could I chop it out? Uh, you know, how I sort of talked about it. on the beagle comes back.
0: No, no, I think that was was,
1: useful setup, was it?
0: Yep. So the um, uh, I I I didn't quite get the yeah. You said the aha moment was when he read the the bit on populations. Yeah, yeah. Right. So um, that was not as clear as it could be. Right. Well, no, it just seemed like it's 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 an interesting part of it, but it 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 didn't really link to the next thing, which was the book and the impact of the book. Well, maybe um, I needed...
1: What what I maybe needed to say was it was when he read Malthus,
0: Malthus's essay that he formulated his idea of evolution. Ah, right. Right. And was that before going off on the Beagle or
1: after? I don't know, afterwards. So he gets back in 1836 and right, he reads... All He's got all the data, and he's trying to make sense of it. And he's got in mm. all these people, you know, sort of categorizing and doing the taxonomy of what he's collected. And then in 1838, I think it was in September, he reads Malthus's essay, right? And he just
0: goes, you know, head slapping moment. Ah, right. And so that's when the the whole evolution, oh, wow, you know, yeah, species compet- competition. That's right, okay. exactly. And that's how yeah.
1: the progression happens.
0: Yeah. Because okay, cool. you know. so, so that actually does make sense. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, in my gotta, mind, it made a lot of sense, yeah. but yeah, I just and needed to make it clear. Of clearer. course, you're, you know, like you're a total aficionado on on all things Darwin. So, like, in you've kind of got that link very clear in your head. Um, just probably needed, you know, for numpties like me, um, just to draw that, mm. um, yeah. draw the line a little, a little thicker, clearer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, one of the things that I thought could really uh, uh, amp that up yeah. would be one of the stories that he told. Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. What is one of the examples that he used? Now, of course, it might be long and involved and difficult to tell. know, like as in a story within a story, and that. Yeah. uh, But I I found myself, you know, like I I kind of you're wondering. I'm going, oh, (laughs) yes. Give me one. I want to know the sort of story
1: that, and I, I, I'll have to go back and have a look specifically, but the sort of story that it would be, it would be along the lines how a farmer. Uh, really wanted to breed uh, a a pigeon of a certain look and feel, and they did by doing these activities, and over only three generations they saw this massive change from, you know, the plumage colour from, you know, sort of a white to a a totally brown colour in just... Yeah, that's right, in in three generations, or something like that. That, That's the sort of story
0: uh, that that would have been told in the book, right? Cool, and I re- I think that something like that, yeah, could really a- amp up because that didn't that only took you a few seconds to to yeah, give yeah, that that's, example. That's a, that's so a good point. yeah, yeah, and get it a bit more specific. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Just kind of zoom in a little bit on on that, mm. and then of course you know if he's got dozens and dozens and then he's going to appeal to a much broader. There's a good chance he is a much better chance he's going to get one that makes sense. To somebody, oh, yeah. I own pigeons. Oh, and yeah, that's right. Exactly,
1: that's one yeah. of those situations. You know, this is one of those uh, situ- those situations where you could tell the very basic story about you know, you know, the the fact that he was worried about looking stupid, and so to allay that fear, he made sure he had lots of evidence. You know, that's the basic story. Mm-hmm. The problem with it, though, Mark, is that if you're a leader and you told that basic story, uh, you're more than likely to be asked for a follow-up question.
0: Like, can you give me an example?
1: That's right, yeah. And if you're not, if you haven't, you know, got into it a little bit and read it a bit more deeply, I wonder whether you can sort of come unstuck. And Because one of the things I, I really I've started thinking about, it, a lot of this storytelling skill comes through confidence. Right, and so you want to feel your leader wants you, you want them to feel that they can stand in front of, of a, a group and tell a story and know and feel really confident that they're not going to look like an idiot. And I'm sort of I'm sort of giving a, a cautionary tale for that story because you could I think you could easily uh, come unstuck a little bit there because there's so much known. Maybe this is just me because I know a little bit about the story. But I don't know. What's your thought on that? Do you think there's a da- little bit of a danger in that sort of story?
0: Well, I, look, uh, potentially, and I I think the counter to the concern is to have just one of the examples. Yes. Yeah. You don't have to have them all. Just go look. Oh, oh yeah, totally. I got one. Here's an example. This yep. is sort of right. Bang. So just just have one. So in. The telling of this, having the pigeon, you know, the the, the speckled Jim the Flanders pigeon story. <laughs> uh you got my uh, Blackadder black reference there. Um by having that, you all right, yeah, you, it leads credibility, right? Because you've mm. got something nice and specific. Mm. I, I think that would would yeah. would counter
1: it. I tell you what, listener. What what this has got me thinking is that yeah these these stories are great, but having your own stories of things that happened to you. This is why they're so powerful because people can ask you as many questions as you like, and you'll be able to answer them all because it happened to mm. you, right? Yeah. So just, put, that's, just that's keep that I in the back it. of your
0: mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like our, our own experience experiences are pro- probably the most undervalued and underutilized source of story in business yeah that's right they're hugely valuable not used very often if you can come up with something that happened
1: last week that you can tell this week to make a business point you are gold yeah right if you can just do that if you like these stories that we share on our, on this podcast is almost like the icing on the cake type stories if you can pull out one of these and and landed in a presentation you know you've, you've taken it to the next level but the level below is just your own experience right
0: yeah um, cool um point where Sorry. would we use this story oh well if you're trying to change minds so yeah. in a change yeah. management you know a situation where um you've got well you know that there's stakeholders who've got uh, vastly different views well, you just have a bunch of examples uh, in your back pocket, the Darwin strategy. I tell you, there'd be certain audiences
1: that would be drawn into this much better than others, right? So if you're working in a science organisation, man, this, would, oh, be, this, this yeah. would be a good one to, to have, right? Um, but if you're working with, a, I don't know, maybe a group of financial folk, maybe this may not work as well. So I think there's that sort of thing to consider as well. Um, you might have to try
0: it out a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Always being aware of the audience and, and is the story relevant to that audience and would it make the point that you're hoping to make with it to that audience? Yeah. And so, oh, look, I, I think it would because Darwin is such a relatable character. Yes. Yes. Uh, but it definitely would have more impact in a, in a, in a kind of a science. Science-related organisation, yeah. 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 Or in, maybe engineers would be another... Good target. Yeah. Audience. So, so I mean, like most organizations these days kind of put up their hand and go, yeah, we're data driven or, or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, it's know. sort of a, so maybe it's it's like early have...
1: data. It's all early data driven yeah. approach, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Good. Fantastic. Fantastic. Ratings. Oh, ratings.
0: Okay, mate. Give me a rating. Tell me what you think. Um, I'm, i reckon it's a really usable workman-like story i'm gonna give it a, a solid seven for me for me this is a 10
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh you crack me up <laughs> uh, oh, i can't help myself um yeah but if it wasn't a 10 like if you know if i've gone back to reality yeah you're right i think it's a seven It's a i'd like to make this a better story. This is me off the top of my head, just riffing, if you like. I'd like to think about what we could do to make this a better story. Yeah, but the, I, I think really, it's got I, elements of good yeah, story.
0: Yeah, I think that that story is like, you know, we get one of the team to dig that story and and really flesh it out and come up with more of those examples. And, I yeah, I, I think it's got a lot of potential.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. Well, guys, another one to add to your repertoire. Uh, I think there's, we I mean, must have over 130 um, or so oh, stories. How many up episodes are we up, 50 up somewhere. to? Yeah. So that's a, that's a boatload of stories uh, for everyone to have. And I, and I think it's just getting into that habit of picking one and trying it out a few places. Start small. Um, get a little bit of feedback from, from you know, a trusted colleague on how did it land definitely uh, don't mention the s word don't sort of say hey i'm going to tell you this story uh, just sort of illustrate it make your point first flow into the story and wrap it up by reiterating the point and you'll have something really useful i think but with that let's just uh I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in listening to anecdotally speaking and of course we'll can see you next week for another episode on how to put your stories to work bye for now